relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Going deeper on the big issues that matter to you. This is your exclusive podcast, America First, one-on-one, with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. For our latest edition of America First, one-on-one, welcome, dear friends. I am delighted to have on the show somebody who's been a regular guest on America First, man I've known for years, respect highly. Why? Because he's a truth teller. He will tell you the things you need to know, even if they are unpleasant. And right now, that is more important than ever. He is the author of numerous superlative works, including The Plot Against the President, The Permanent Coup, and The Strong Horse. You can see his writings at the Epoch Times, at the Tablet, and elsewhere. Lee Smith, welcome to America First One-on-One. Thank you, Seb, for uh, for bringing me on that uh another pivotal moment it looks like in um, in our certainly our current history so thanks very much and always great to be speaking with you sadly yes uh, history is being uh, written right now and written yeah. in blood uh, in Afghanistan follow this man Lee Smith DC uh-huh. let's start we, we have the whole hour with you uh, what I'm doing now with these new one-on-one discussions Fantastic. is uh, allowing our millions of listeners and viewers to get to know our good friends a little bit better so talk to us about Lee Smith's journey to where he is today what's your background where you yeah. hail from and uh, what you're really passionate about yeah. Lee well, you know, I, I mean, I'm 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 from New York City originally, and it was um, it was the September 11th attacks. You talked about the Strong Horse before um, that uh, that first book of mine in uh, 2010. It was published, uh, and what sent me to the Middle East was the September 11th attacks. I was trying to figure out exactly what had happened uh, in my hometown. Why on September 11th, we were walking around covered in the ashes of our neighbors in New York. And what I found out was, you know, the question at the time was, why do they hate us? And the way that I, the conclusion I drew was that it wasn't really about us. It was actually about a a hugely damaged part of the world, the Middle East. Um, And these fights, we were a part of a larger fight between different factions in the Middle East who are fighting. And this is what we're seeing right now in Afghanistan as well, um, that the real fight there is between different factions who call this, who call this land, uh, who call this land their own. And we stepped into the middle of that fight and we took sides with some people, uh, with, with a part of those with a, uh, a part of that community. And we see the consequences now of not winning, right? That's, that's a sign that our elites, our establishment has never been, or has not been serious for quite some time about winning because the, 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 the consequences are, are existential. I mean, they're actually, they're actually about life and death. So instead what our elites did was they pushed their own, they pushed their own pet agendas whether this was uh, uh, feminism, 
whether it's about not enough women in the military, whether it's about parliamentary reform in a place that knows nothing about democracy, whether it was about the LGBT agenda and the pride flag flying from the U.S. embassy. And so while American, while American elites were paying so much attention to that, what happened is that they didn't bother winning. And so we see the consequences. Uh, Americans die and the people that we partnered with there die as well. As it turns out right now in our this particular moment in history, it's extremely dangerous to partner with the United States because our ruling class, our leadership is, is, is not only not serious, they're extra, extraordinarily dangerous. Aside from to themselves, they protect themselves, but they can't protect Americans or our allies. Instead, they walk them into hell. You, um, you say they're not serious, uh, they're dangerous to others, uh, except uh, to themselves. But in a recent uh, interview you gave with Epoch Times, you went mm-hmm. even further. You, you used a phrase, I think, um, with re- reference to the last 20 years in Afghanistan, that it was just yeah. a money laundering uh, venture. Yes. Can, can you explain what you mean by that phrase? <clears throat> yeah, sure. If you look at the number of Americans, I mean, um, maybe some of uh, maybe some of your your great audience has seen this clip of a, of a young woman teaching uh, contemporary art, teaching about Marcel Duchamp to a class of of Afghani students who are absolutely befuddled. They don't know what's going on. So what we see here is this is a this is a, a small part. Of, it was a jobs program, right? They were paying off constituents, right? They were giving people they were giving people jobs and processing a lot of money. And one thing that a lot of people do not understand is most people they talk about the defense industry, they talk about defense lobbyists, they talk about contractors but that's not it that's not the people who live inside of washington dc itself as as, you know you know who who, you know live around the beltway as i used to the people who live inside of washington dc are blue voters right these are the people whose 401ks are tied to ngos in afghanistan so the money wasn't just going to defense contractors. It wasn't just going to people we affiliate or we associate with the right. It was going to people we associate with the left. So all the nice women walking, all the nice ladies and all the nice men walking around at the Women's March with the pink pussy hats, these people were profiting from the adventure, the experiment in Afghanistan. They were all getting paid. The entire city of Washington has been running for the last 20 years on contractor money for the war in Afghanistan. That's what I mean about laundering money. They were paying off constituents through stuff going on in Afghanistan. If you see the if you see the um, if you see how companies, how businesses grew, people who were taking money from USAID to do work in Afghanistan, I mean these became multi-hundred million dollar businesses. It's it, it, it's outrageous. And so while you know, while while uh, and here's the other <laughs> significant factor. This was the money of American taxpayers. So the swamp was using U.S. taxpayer money to pay their own constituents, their own clients off. That's what I mean about money laundering. American taxpayers were not only many of them sending their children to the armed services or to do aid work, but they were also paying for the swamp to be able to dish out goodies to its clients. The entire the entire uh, two-decade-long adventure in Afghanistan, I, it was the most corrupting military engagement in American history. Nothing comes even close.
Well, let's talk about it specifically. Let's uh, have a, a quote uh, from uh, my old boss uh, who was on our show this week talking about the precipitous events uh, of just the last few days which have led to deaths, deaths of U.S. Marines as well. This is the 45th president of the United States. Cut to play cuts. You know, you talk about the greatest military, but take a look at what happened in Afghanistan. I mean, we beat the Nazis, but look at this. We're being sent out of Afghanistan. And frankly, the August 31st date is not being lengthened because they're not allowing him to do it. It's not because of him. It's because they're not allowing him any more time. Whoever thought this was possible? So with this woke culture, our military is going to be a loser and the whole country is going to be a loser. You've written extensively uh, on the national security threats we face as a nation. You're an expert on things, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, cultures in the Middle East and elsewhere. What is the signal sent to our adversaries and just the elites of Central Asia, of North Africa, the Middle East, when the American president gives in to the Taliban's deadline, Lee Smith? Well, I I mean, I'll say one thing for the Taliban. They're they're, They're a fairly serious group. Um, the way that they've spoken to Biden, um, the actual deadline that they've set, if you're not gone by August 31st, then you're still occupying our country. I mean, that's that's fairly serious, right? It's not like the Iranians have this, you know, moronic death to America, death to America. And this is a, you know, the, 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 this is a, an, an aging sclerotic regime. I mean, the people in charge are, are, are in there are are in their 70s and 80s. But but the Taliban seems to be a fairly serious group. So confronted with a sclerotic American regime at the top of which is Joe Biden, I think that people around the world, adversaries and allies alike, are seeing that the United States is, is trouble. It's very dangerous right now to be associated with this particular administration. I mean, I, I mean that that that's what events show very clearly, day in, day out at this point. Yeah, and uh, it's that factor, that influence, isn't simply detrimental to our relations with partners in the region or, or countries uh, that need to be stable, but uh, also mm-hmm. to our allies, uh, to those who now don't trust us, whether it's our closest right. allies, the Brits, whether it's the statements coming out of uh, NATO nations from the Baltic region. These are people who do not trust America, at least with the proviso, do not trust America under current leadership. We're talking to author, to columnist, to investigative journalist, Lee Smith. Follow him, Lee Smith, D.C. He is the uh, the man behind works such as The Plot Against the President and The Permanent Coup. The first book is now an amazing movie made by Amanda Millius. You can watch it at patpmovie.com. That's The Plot Against the President, patpmovie.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First on the Salem Radio Network. Lee, um, let's talk about a piece that you wrote uh, that concentrated on one mm. concept yeah. from the mid- Middle East called Asabiya. We, we have, f- mm-hmm. forget the weapons, forget the 600,000 machine guns, the Black Hawk helicopters, the armored personnel carriers, the, the money spent on think tanks and, uh, you know, PowerPoint <laughs> presentations on grand strategy. Yeah. 
to understand what's happening in Kabul, in in the Middle East, with ISIS, with Al Qaeda, with Al Nusra, with with Hezbollah, with Hamas, you have to understand culture. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can basically ignore everything else as long as you yeah. understand culture. Explain to our listeners yeah. and our viewers the centrality of this concept, yeah. Asabiya, and how yeah. we got it wrongly. Right. Um, this is the uh, concept handed down by the uh, medieval uh, Arab historian, Ibn Khaldun, who's a, a, a fascinating and brilliant writer. His masterwork is called Al-Muqaddimah. And um, what he, his, his most this is, famous... This is, this is a melding of, you know, like uh, Machiavelli and Alex de Tocqueville yeah, for the Arab yeah. world, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a fascinating figure, fascinating figure. His focus was primarily on the Bedouin tribes, right? He was an Arab, so he wanted to look at the Bedouin tribes. These were the tribes that gave rise to the Islamic conquests, right? <laughs> and the, the, the Arab empire, very impressive and formidable. His idea was is that the engine of history is this concept, asabiya. The way to translate that would be, you can call it cohesion, you can call it group solidarity. So yes, but but, but not but not but not national identity, correctly? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the important thing is that you you can't have nations without group solidarity. Nations, groups of people, they are they they, they have to feel connected to each other. They have to be proud of their mission, inspired by their mission. Right. That. But that's a very interesting point. While people. While now Westerners, and this is not just in the United States, but it's throughout Western Europe as well, even Israel, bizarrely enough, that people are terrified about the idea of national identity. Isn't nationalism just like what gave rise to the Nazis, which is, of course, childish and babyish? Nationalism is what gives rise to the ideas of nations. My idea of American nationalism starts fundamentally from my reading American literature, right? 19th century American writers from Hervin Melville to um, Walt Whitman, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Emily Dickinson. They were all trying to figure out what it means to be American. We're not like the Brits. That's where we come from. We share that language. But who are we? We're a different people. We're a different tribe. We're a different nation. And that strength, that identity, that belief in your mission as an individual group, that's where power resides. It's not in weapon systems. Look at all of our Arab allies to whom we sell uh, premier American weapon systems, right? But no one is going to invest. Um, the Saudis don't invest their own national security in the Saudi armed forces, right? They invest it in the United States or they have in the past. So that's what is the engine of history, this group solidarity, cohesion. And this is what the Taliban has. And this is why people are wrong to be surprised that a group of rough Pashtun tribesmen could run through Afghanistan and take over Kabul that quickly. And people are also surprised that the Americans got moved over that quickly. But if you look again at our leadership, our elites, it is their failure to have group solidarity, not just in advancing American interests. They don't believe 
and the basic idea of American. Well, let's stop here. Let, let, let's, let's stop yeah. here. Let, let's, let's stop here because okay. this, this, this is we have to drill down on this point. Okay. So, right. so group solidarity, group mm. uh, identity, fighting for the group. Isn't it fair right. to say that, that the elite has Asabiya? for themselves, but not for America. Yeah. So can, can you use right. this prism of Asabiya oh, that, on, yeah, on America? Let, let's talk about how it functions right. and the disconnect between right. different participles. So talk to us a bit about right. the elite Beltway Asabiya and then, let's say, the right. Asabiya of, of the, the troops who were killed yeah. uh, in Kabul. Right, right. Well, Ibn Khadun, when he was speaking about Asabiya, he also associated this with courage, right? He associated this with the rough manners of the Bedouins in the desert. These were courageous people. These were tough people. They were self-reliant, right? For us, we can think of in terms of American pioneers. He can think of in terms of the people who settled the country, both on the East Coast and then who moved to the West Coast. That's the toughness, right? These are tough, hard people. These are the people who also wound up fighting the First World War, and the Second World War. We still do have that Asabiya in the United States, and it's found in the same locations it's always been. It's in the heartland of America. And this is why, when the elites call it, uh, call them the deplorables, when they call them flyover country, whatever, they are sneering at the source, the wellspring of the strength of America, what has always been the source of America's strength. They sneer at it. Not only that, they want to destroy it, right? What is the 1619 Project, aside from an initiative backed by the American elite, by the creme de la creme, the New York Times, to say the founding of this country is a lie. The real founding, it was, it was, it was founded in slavery. It was founded in, in vicious ideas. It was founded in dirt. All of your heroes, all of your monuments, your histories, your stories, the stories you tell to each other, your flags, your symbols, it's all nonsense. You're all garbage. So naturally, this runs directly counter to the idea of Asabiya, which is about people who embrace their symbols, embrace their history, embrace their families. So embrace let, me, let, 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 let me get political here. Embrace their symbols. <laughs> okay. This is really fast. You just this phrase. Let's stop. Yeah. Embrace their symbols. Talk to talk, take Ibn Khaldun and apply embrace yeah. your symbols metric of Asabiya to the red MAGA yeah. hat and a certain politician, okay. my former boss, who would come yeah. out on yeah. stage and hug the flag of America. Isn't that Asabiya? Right. He would, Ibn Khaldun, I believe, would, uh, had he had he attended any of Donald Trump's campaign rallies, he would have said, that guy's got it, and so does all this crowd. And that's what leadership looks like. Leadership is understanding who the people are and describing who those people are back to themselves, right? Reflecting their ambitions, reflecting their dreams, reflecting their strengths, embracing them, right? That's what leadership looks like. It doesn't look like what our elites express, which is contempt for the country, contempt for the citizens of this country. That he would have recognized, Ibn Khaldun would have said, that country, that country has passed its due date. They are on the way out and they will be replaced by a new elite. And this is why a lot of people, I don't know how, how, how much you and I have spoken about this, this said both you know, both here on your on your awesome show and, and privately.
But I, I'm optimistic. I know a lot of people think I'm being Pollyannish. The reason I am optimistic is not just because Donald Trump showed people and reminded people what America was, but because of the size of this country and because of the sheer love that Americans have for their country. So what we are seeing fade from history is not America. What we are seeing move, being moved aside is this particular branch of the American elite. That's who's in trouble. That's okay. who's going down. Okay, so uh, this is hugely important. Uh, Lee, you, you're taught, you just said that this branch of the political yeah. elite is going down. Mm-hmm. How does how does that happen? What is that going to look like if this administration, in various permutations, pays a political price? Yeah, um, is there is there another elite that is slotted into its place? Does the GOP pick up the pieces? Or and this is I mean I had the president I had President Trump on the show and he he, he kind of. I don't know if he dodged the question. Maybe he didn't want to talk about it yet because he hasn't announced his official race. But I said, Mr. President, the biggest biggest threat you face, and I, I, as, as somebody who served in the White House under you, it's it's the personnel. It's the fact that you wanted to drain the yeah. swamp, and the drain and, and the swamp basically drained him with 80, 80 right. million mail out ballots, with with yeah. people undermining him at the FBI, the CIA, mm-hmm. even his own Attorney General. So so when. It, is there historical precedence if one elite crumbles? What scenarios do we have? Can, can we fill that vacuum with, with a new elite that has a yeah. new asabia? What talk to us about uh, scenarios and permutations, Lee? Okay. Well, how about this? Before, I mean, politics is important, right? But the way that I think about it is, there is no love in politics. There is no redemption <laughs> in politics, right? The, even the, even for Bill Clinton, oh my gosh, that, that's yeah, a man who had more, more, more than a few uh, bites at the apple. Sorry, Lee, carry on. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. Our strength does not reside in politics. Our strength as Americans does not reside in politics. It resides on the things that we were talking about before. It resides in our symbols, our our shared history, our holidays, July 4th, right? July 4th, one of the greatest holidays of all time. What an amazing holiday. That's where our strength is, in our communities, in our families, in our faith. That's where our strength is. This is where leaders are emerging. This is where leaders must emerge. There's plenty of time for politics. More important than the Republican Party, than flushing out all the rhinos or making sure voters flush them out or all the never-Trumpers or trying to encourage others to heal the Democratic Party, which, you know, which is a, it's an important American institution. Right. So rather than look to that right away, I say it's important we build our communities. Right. Politics will always be there. We are always going to have politics. I know people are concerned that <laughs> rightly so with the scary and terrible things these guys are doing, whether it's the withdrawal, whether it's the manner in which they've withdrawn from Afghanistan, whether it's the covid lockdowns whether it's the threatened vaccine mandates, whether it's the desire to put 
um, all elections in the hands of the federal government. They're doing scary things, no doubt about it. But guess what? Our foundations, the basis of our strength, the basis of our ability to change these things is not in politics. It's in our communities and it's our it's in our families. We have definitely a rocky road ahead. Who knows how long? The only way we're going to get through it is by going to tapping our sources of strength. That's how we do it. So that's my first, that's my first answer. And, you know, there are lots of terrific candidates and figures in the Republican Party, from Donald Trump to Governor Ron DeSantis. There are people in the House and the Senate as well. There are people in um, uh, state state governments, people in municipal governments. We have plenty of leadership on the political level. What I'm talking about is for individual Americans to rise up and play a leadership role, express dissatisfaction with the things that are bad, and work to raise the things that are good. And you know, I talk about whatever, whether whatever part of your own community it, it is and and, and uh, whether it's your 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 uh, your reading group whether it's your bowling team whether it's a youth sports league w- whatever it is be a leader lead by example this is who we are as americans and this comes back to ibn khaldun and group solidarity we'll be talk- an example We'll talk about uh, group solidarity a little bit more uh, with Lee Smith momentarily, but there's another truth teller I want you to support. The left truly is trying to destroy him. He's a great patriot. He saved New York. He took on Al-Qaeda after September the 11th. We call him America's mayor. I call him Rudy. He's a personal friend. Will you please support this man? They're trying to strip him of his law licenses and bankrupt him. Go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. Make a donation today. Support a man who's done so much for America. It's time for us to say thank you now. That's RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. Lee, you used the phrase... uh, Wait, can can I... Yes. Can I say something about 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 Mayor Giuliani? First? Absolutely, please, please. It, we mentioned cause him. Because this, this fits in exactly with what we're talking about—the destruction of American history and American heroes. Look, I lived in New York. I'm from New York. <laughs> like Mayor Giuliani, I'm a native New Yorker. I was there on 9/11, and what the mayor did to keep the city together, to keep the city strong, and his and just—I mean, just that it was, it was a momentous momentous time in American history. And now the idea that these people, that's, but that's what they want to do. The entire thing is a campaign of degradation, desecration, demoralization. And they're going after Rudy Giuliani for precisely that reason, because he is an American hero. And that's what their entire campaign is about. We're going to take everything away from you. You yeah. miserable Americans, you miserable deplorables. We're going to destroy your heroes, your statues, everything. We're going to destroy your. We're going to destroy your sports leagues. Even we're going to turn Major League Baseball into another political asset that we hold in our hands. Do- so from from Doctor Zeus, no, from Doctor Zeus to NFL, you're absolutely right. So please support this man, Rudy right. Giuliani, FreedomFund.com. Rudy Giuliani, FreedomFund.com. Let's talk about um, group. You used the phrase group solidarity. This yes. concept from Ibn Khaldun, the the Asabiya. Talk to mm-hmm. us about what 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 is the group identity 
You know, as the man who's written the book, yeah. The Plot Against the President, who's written the blo- book, the, the Permanent Coup, what is the group solidarity of the current elite? And let's, let's start with just one exemplar. You have this man yeah. who tried to have his own commander-in-chief removed. He mm. testified against him in uniform, this individual called Alexander Vindemann, born in another country, born in the Ukraine, offered yeah. the Secretary of Defense in that country while he served as a colonel in, in the U.S. military. And when he was testifying in this attempt to get the president impeached and convicted, he said the following. He said, and he, he didn't hear, he didn't hear the ominous phone call with the Ukrainian prime minister. He said the following. He said, in the way it was reported to me, I found it disturbing, and I wanted to defend, quote, the interagency consensus of the government (laughs) against the president. A man who's, you know, never been elected, took an oath to serve the, 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 the nation, whose, whose boss yeah. was the commander-in-chief. He was defending whatever this interagency consensus is from the man that 74 million Americans elected. Right. Talk to us about how Asabia applies to the deep state like Vindman. Oh, uh, well, you know who, who's a better, maybe not a better authority, but a better practitioner who would explain this None other than one of the one of the greatest one of the greatest prosecutors in American history, Rudolph Giuliani. <laughs> These guys would turn on each other in a second, right? That, that they would sell each other out in a second, and they do it all the time. And in fact, we saw after Biden's failed withdrawal, right at the beginning, what happened? They all started turning on each other. Jake Sullivan, uh, um, Defense Secretary Austin, Mark Milley, they all started shuffling off the blame and putting it on Biden or putting it on someone else. That's who these people are. None of them will stand up and accept responsibility for something they did and said, I must share in the blame. This is something I did or something. Uh, it's evidence of something I should have done and did not do. So what, so what do they believe no in, Lee? What, 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 is, what is their center of gravity for these individuals? Strictly, strictly self, strictly self-interest, strictly self-advancement. And, and to tell you how bad these elites, to tell you how bad they are, look at what they want. Look at the most important thing that these people have, right? They would do anything, anything to get a, a, a TV deal from CNN. They would do anything. They would do anything to be praised in the pages of The New York Times. That's who our elite is. Look at look, look. They would do anything for an invitation to Barack Obama's birthday party. Oh, look, there's Erica Badu. I'm going to go up and speak to Erica Badu. She's one of my favorite musicians ever. Oh, look, there's John Podesta. Oh, it's horrible. That's 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 the point. Every country needs leadership. Every nation, every society needs leadership and it needs people who will take responsibility. They need elites as well. Ours are terrible. Ours are the pits. Ours are among the worst in world history, not just American history, but world history. We know that because of what they prize and because of what they love, right? What do they love? I want to be flattered. I want to be honored. By whom? From whom do they desire honor? The editorial board of the New York Times? Enjoy. 
That tells me all I need to know about who you are. <laughs> As I said uh, when I was in the White House, if the Washington Post or the New York Times ever wrote anything nice about me, every Trump voter should ask for their money back. So um, here's where your analysis is spot on. And I have to, look, I'm going to use this opportunity in front of millions of people to just thank you for never backing down, for constantly being committed to the truth and, and, and to, you know, getting in there to, to, to slay these un-American um, forces that, that are so despicable. But his... Well, thanks, his, but we're having fun, aren't we? We I are mean, having fun. Well, look, I am because I, I, I love conflict. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm the yeah. antithesis of, 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 of Wasp America. You know, I, I, we, I guess... We some, live in meaningful times. What a we blessing. Do. I wake up every morning. So like, well, you know, we live in meaningful times. Who knew that it was going to be our generation, our cohort, who's going to have to go through this fight? But we are. We and, are. And, and as Churchill yeah, said, a right. man, you know, what did he say? He said, uh, if you've if you've got enemies, that's good because it means that you've stood for something. But but that's here's right. here's the practical consequence of all of this. Huh. I'm going to fight, and you know, till my 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 last breath leaves my 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 lungs. Uh, I must have some Italian in me, or some Lebanese, or something, because I because I, I love the fight. I love the fight. But as you have mentioned, and as I lived, I mean, I thought I was cynical enough, having grown up in a family where my parents suffered under fascism and communism. My father was tortured by secret police, imprisoned, escaped in a revolution. I thought, ah, D.C., I can do this. And, you know, I worked in the Defense Department and then I, I worked in the White House. But, but what I witnessed in my time in, in D.C. in the White House was, was the utter depth of depravity, the politics of personal destruction that the other side is prepared to be involved in. When, when my 18-year-old my son, high school-age son, is, is targeted for smear pieces because his dad is in the, in the Trump White House, you go, hang on a second, you know, is this Venezuela? So here's my question to you, Lee. We do it, we're fine with it. You're doing it, you're fine with it. But do we have enough people who are prepared to take the slings and arrows. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there, there, there are, there are, there are lots of people out there and I'm telling you the more and more Americans who are, you know, the more, the more and more Americans from the heartland, again, the wellspring of this country's strength. Absolutely. They walk through fire every day. Right. I I mean, we're, we're surrounded by, by heroes, right? They walk through they walk through fire every day, right? Doing different things. And I'm not just talking about, you know, our policemen or our firemen or our great doctors and nurses, not 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 the corrupt nuts, not 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 the junior Anthony Fauci's, but serious people, right? They walk through fire, they help America, they love their country. Absolutely they're willing to take it. So yeah, once they understand the stakes, it's about saving our country and about saving our communities about saving our families so so what you're Finally, saying that, is that, we, that's our fight before us we have we have to get some of the, the the mothers who are standing up to the fascist uh, school boards and we have to get them to Absolutely. to run for national office or to serve in federal government is that is that the key lee Get, absolutely get them to run for office, but also be inspired by them. Stand up with right. them and go, yeah, I'm with her. All right. <laughs>
she's fighting. I'm going to fight on her side. We need to we need to move on. This this hour is slipping by far too fast. We're talking to Lee Smith, the author of uh, just books you need to buy, books you need to read. The the first one is the strongest horse. Then the plot against the president and the permanent uh, coup. Follow him, Lee Smith, DC. Okay, last last question I have for you. Okay. What do you say to those people, Lee, who, and I think this is the majority of America, because you and I, we're, we're addicts, right? We, we, we love the politics. We love the yeah. scrum. We love shining a light on the cockroaches in the deep state. I think most Americans are, are yeah. apolitical in, in a healthy way, not yeah. in a lazy way, but in a, you know, they've yeah. got lives to live. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And, and, and they're not going to watch Rachel Maddow or Sean Hannity because they want to just you know, live their life and, and have right. fun with their kids. What do you say to those people who, because of COVID, because of the fall of mm-hmm. Kabul, because of the yeah. 6,000 illegal aliens crossing the border every, every day, right. that they're suddenly waking up to what yeah. is going on in America? What is your message right. to those people who are suddenly like Rip Van Winkle rubbing the roof from their yeah. eyes? The, the, the message is... Yes, you're right. It's scary. First message is, yes, you're right. It's scary, but it's going to be okay. Because now that you know, the first thing is you need to know what's happening. And now that you know, now we have, (laughs) this is the first thing. Now we need to work out different plans and different strategies to make sure our country is on the right track again. But we're so glad you're with us now. We're so glad that you see it. There's lots of other people. It's not just you. Don't be scared. You know, don't be scared of recognizing this strange thing, this scary thing. There's so many people with you. You can't believe how many people. You probably have tons of neighbors. They weren't talking about it before. They didn't see it before, but now they see it too. And so, I do believe that is what's happening. Lots of people are seeing this stuff now, especially especially what's going on in Afghanistan right. and different families, parents are seeing what's happening in schools with, again, with, 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 with the COVID regime. And they're fighting. That's a perfect note. Don't be afraid. Join the fight. We're going to have fun as we save this nation. And that's really what my former boss had to say when he came on my show just this week. Let's reinforce Lee's message. God bless you, Lee. Keep doing what you do. This is Cut 6, President Donald Trump. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. My fellow Americans, our movement is far from over. In fact, our fight has only just begun. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.